Chris Kelsey here with Matt Howell. On this episode of The First Run, Matt and I are going to discuss Gaspar Noe's latest film, Climax, which is basically the story of what happens when you're part of a dance troupe, somebody spikes the punch, and then everything goes horribly, horribly wrong. We're also going to discuss the latest from the director of Rise of the Planet of the Apes, that's Captive State, one of those alien invasion films that just makes me long for They Live. Part two, we'll talk about that a little bit. And then finally, in honor of his birthday, we're going to do the list. We're going to tell you what Kurt Russell's five best performances are. And putting this list together, Matt, made me realize how much I love Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. So let's jump into it, Matt. Let's hear a clip from Climb. And here, a little thing. This is, uh, we used to not do the clips, Matt, remember, if it was a foreign language. Then we found our numbers that we got, we have some foreign languagers. Do we? So we do. We do have okay. some. We have a global reach. So I'm not going to cheat you, folks. So enjoy a little French. Enjoy a little English. Enjoy a little Gasper, if if that's even possible. If you couldn't dance, what would you do? Mm, so sad. Ça représente quoi la danse pour toi C'est tout pour moi. La danse c'est tout pour moi. J'ai que ça. Est-ce que t'es euh, es prêt à beaucoup de choses pour réussir C'est-à-dire so that's a little audio tour mat of the terror you're going to experience by watching Gaspar Noe's latest film climax a film as we said in the introduction it's a young group uh, a dance troupe who they're they're going to go on a tour mat and they've just started they're still practicing they're still getting to know each other and their moves and they decide to take a little break after some practice. And they have some sangria that is unfortunately laced with LSD. And things go absolutely crazy from there. Now, as always, every episode is particularly mastered for a listening experience. And this one is not while you're dancing, because that doesn't make any sense. Though, I think my voice kind of has a natural rhythmic tone to it. But no, this is more when you're choreographing, right? You're just kind of sketching out. You don't have to listen to music for that, Matt. When you're, when you're storyboarding your, your dance routine? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And you've taken some LSD. So Gaspar No, Matt, is it fair to say, I, is it fair for me to say that I am a fan of his work? I have seen three now of, his, of, of the five films he's made. I haven't seen his first film, I Stand Alone. I've seen Irreversible, Enter the Void, and Climax. I have not seen Love, which is currently available on Netflix. I just popped it in my queue to catch up with it. And I Stand Alone after I was reading what it was about. And I don't know if I want to watch that. Uh, <laughs> but what? But I, th- I think I can say that because I, of the two of us, I am the more artsy, pretentious one. How many of those films have you seen, and would you consider yourself a fan? Uh, I've seen the same ones that you have. Uh, I think we saw Into the Void um, for this show um, mm. years ago. Um, 
I don't know if I'm a fan, but I'm willing to give his stuff a shot just because it always at least the very least is interesting. So he telegraphs, Matt, what he's going to do in this thing right from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you noticed, but we're doing the interview section. He's got a we're presented with a television and the television is surrounded by different books and DVDs and VHS tapes. And a lot of them, there's like Possession, Shivers, Sallow, Suspiria, Metamorphosis, right from Kafka, Eraserhead, The Teachings of Don Juan, How to Succeed at Suicide. I mean, this is just some of the stuff that he's framing this image with. In fact, Polygon did a great little article about all the little Easter eggs that permeate the film, but I think focusing mostly on the beginning of that introduction to our cast. I'm going to link it in the show notes so you can check it out for yourself. It's a pretty interesting read. But he's telegraphing exactly what you're going to get with this thing. And as always, no takes a experimental turn on this, right? I'm talking even, Matt, just structurally. So the end credits are at the beginning. The introductory credits run about, what, 20 minutes in? And there's about maybe five cuts in this whole thing. There's one take, Matt, that runs 42 minutes, almost half or at least half of the runtime, basically. And also, the cast wasn't given any dialogue. There's no script here, right? So we just have some general beats that we've worked out. And then he just lets the kids run with it. I think there's only one or two professional actors in the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And then, from what I was reading, too, he didn't even frame his shots until he got there. He didn't know what how he was going to shoot it until he showed up at the set. They did the whole thing. Um, it took him longer for pre-production than it did... For the film itself, I think they shot it all in 14 days or 15 days, and they filmed it in sequential order, which allowed them to make some changes or do some stuff as they went. Wow. Uh, so that's the technical. The rest of it, I think, is basically a waking nightmare. <laughs> and for me, Matt, it works. You're bombarded with light, darkness, color, sound. You don't get a really, it's it's not a visual of what it's like to be on LSD. It's more like watching through a peephole, right? You're watching all of this stuff unravel and these kids unravel in front of you. And he just really just grabs you by the throat. And like the image I have met is that he dunks you in an artisanal toilet, leaving you gasping for air. And you come out covered in something. I don't know. But for me, I think that this is, I just was fascinated by this thing. I was uneasy. I was on edge. Um, it was, it was the hairs on my neck and arms were up a couple times. It's nose. I've noticed he seems to be like Cronenberg for me now, where he seems to not now, but always, and I just mm -hmm. kind of, this just crystallized in my head where he, he focuses on basically subjects, subjecting the body to, all, I don't know, all forms of torture and horror as Cronenberg does. That's his whole kind of body horror thing. Well, you know, and like, uh, um, Herzog's nature. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that's definitely what no goes with here. He just wants to make you as uncomfortable as possible while showing you some visually arresting images. And I was all in. What were your thoughts? Yeah. Um, so no is a provocateur. Um, mm -hmm. We can say that. Um, and he sometimes, um, I mean, he seems a little pretentious. I mean, I didn't know all the backstory of how he kind of did all of his stuff for this film. I knew that these are all, even though the ones that are actors were at the very least a professional dancer somewhere in their, in their background. And, um, you know, so I, I, so I am impressed that he was able to pull this off. If it was kind of as much of the seat of his, of his pants, as you're saying here. Mm. Um, 
And I think, but I do think he he intentionally tries to push the envelope, which I don't always think it works. It always kind of gives me kind of a um, a I don't know, like like an edge lord high school kid, like you know the kid in like the creative writing class who just like makes something as shocking as possible just to see what he can get people to squirm. Um, yeah. But, and I feel that's just part of his thing, but I'm with you. I, I, I was for the most part, I think most of this works and I was really on board with a lot of it. Surprisingly enough. Um, I didn't think enter the void was particularly good. Um, Irreversible is kind of a tough sit kind of watch. Um, but this is kind of like this fever dream. So un, it's like, it's so separated from reality kind of thing um, that it's just kind of fascinating to watch. And I'll tell you what, this thing starts off with just, you know, um, a punch to the face with that, that dance sequence in the beginning. It's fantastic. Um, I, I really enjoyed that. And, and everybody who's out there, um, Right now, that first five-minute dance sequence is available on YouTube, so you can go check it out if you want to. But it's it's just um, – I was sitting there watching it a few times, and there's just all kinds of stuff going on in the background that you can't even take it all in at once. Um, but I, for the overall, I thought this was pretty successful. I, I actually enjoyed myself in spite of my, of my usual misgivings with him. I am surprised by that. I really thought you were going to say you hated this thing and you were mad at me for making you watch it. <laughs> but what I no. From what I understand, they came up with that routine, too, there that day. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's pretty impressive. So, wow. All right. Well, that's interesting. I'm I'm happy to hear that. It's It it goes to some really, really dark places. I mean, mm-hmm. there's... When the kid shows up, I'm like, don't do it. God, don't do it. You know, because you never know how far he's going to go. Right. And it doesn't go... It's not as dark as... Well, I mean... It could have been worse, but it's yeah. pretty bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And there's, you know, there's, there's, I just don't want to, I don't know. It's, it's just, there's a lot of depths that he trolls and kind of guides us through. And there's particularly some scene at the end of the, 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 where everything kind of starts to wrap up with, it's so disorienting um, because it's shot almost in darkness. Mm-hmm. and it and is upside down and and upside down for a good yeah. chunk like a good what, 10 minute chunk which is just i don't know it's something let's put it that it way. is something it is something so i it's it's at times too it almost descri- des, you know d- denies description it defies description I, I don't know really what else to say i it's <laughs> it's it is what it is yeah, it is what it is. I mean, it's kind of like I think it works just because it's kind of um, it's kind of this descent into madness thing that he, you know, he manages to pull off. Um, so, like I said, I was surprised. I was, I found myself really kind of riveted by this in, in certain parts. Now, you know, I mean, things that you've mentioned to kind of pulled me out of it. That kind of last scene, especially when I was upside down, it kind of was really hard for me to follow what was going on. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I was pretty riveted while I watched this thing. So. Good for Gasper. When I was uh, when it ended, there was a guy that was a few seats away from me. He turned to me and goes, oh, "I think that was his weirdest one yet." <laughs> so. You and like the two other people in the theater. I think there was I had, about like, ten of us actually, and this was on a Monday night. Yeah, so I went on a Friday matinee show because it was the only one that was playing. So I literally took the day off to go see this at eleven a.m. because it was the only one around um, playing this. Um, I didn't, I didn't mean to do that to you. I'm sorry. It was, it was, uh, 
Well, it was it wasn't that bad, but it was quickly dropping. Like every day, like they would get rid of a show, and it would be like at a weirder time, you know. So like that was I knew if I didn't catch it, then it was going to be gone. Wow. Um, but it was like me and like two other two other weirdos who were not at work for whatever reason during the middle of the day. So <laughs> I appreciate your dedication and mm-hmm. I'm very, very happy that it ended up being something you enjoy. Uh, yeah. Cause too. you hated it. That would <laughs> I know. Hard. I know. I'd be like, you owe me eight hours of PTO Scalzo. <laughs> we'll discuss this afterwards. So I'm going to give climax a B plus. Are you? Yeah. yeah um, I think B plus is right. Yeah. I think I want to go with that as well. All right. Whew. Man, we finally agree. Finally. Woo! If you had a chance to see Climax, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. Matt, coming up on Blu-ray and DVD this upcoming Tuesday. One of the best films of 2018. And another film that I... Man, I so wanted to use the clip for. But I went with the... I just went with the film that just just grabbed my heart and wouldn't let go though i could have gone with my man or what, what what's the other one but yeah yeah <laughs> i don't know i can only think of my man <laughs> <laughs> anyway aquaman's coming out but uh also this just absolute heartbreaking film and not too much for tish What's going on? This is a sacrament. And no, I ain't lost my mind. We are drinking to new life. So there's a clip from If Beale Street Could Talk, Barry Jenkins' sophomore effort, which he just absolutely knocks out of the park. This thing is a just a gorgeous film. I bought the soundtrack, the score, uh, the other week, Matt, and I've been listening to it like nonstop. It is such a beautiful score. I mean, how how they're able to kind of capture the sound and a feeling of love in that thing is just incredible. So there's no 4K release, unfortunately, only on Blu-ray and DVD. Include some deleted scenes, a featurette on the making of, and an audio commentary by Barry Jenkins. I will be buying this this week and watching really? it, of course. Yeah, I'm, I was blown away by this thing, and I definitely want to wow. see it again. So, and of course, it is March 26th is when that's coming out. Aquaman as well. Best Buy gets you a steelbook, Target a digibook, and Walmart gives you a Funko keychain of Aquaman, which I guess mm. is what everybody is looking for. There's 12 featurettes and an exclusive sneak peek of Shazam. Wow. Early reviews are out, and they say it's magical, Matt. Magical. Magical. That's what it says in Rotten Tomatoes right now. Okay. A film we didn't get to catch up with, though I'm assuming we'll hit a streaming service relatively soon, Stan and Ollie, about the latter years of the Lauren Hardy comedy routine starring Steve Coogan and John C. Riley. Four featurettes and three deleted scenes on that one. A film I did see, the, uh, is it a biopic, I guess? No, I don't know. But Lee Israel, which is Can You Ever Forgive Me? Richard E. Grant was nominated for an Academy Award this year and was robbed. And, of course, it turns out the best performance from Melissa McCarthy as well. 
Can You Ever Forgive Me is fantastic and everybody should catch up with it. Second Act, the latest Jennifer Lopez film where she plays the woman who goes for the, uh, you know, higher job and somebody fudges her resume for her and she gets, you know, to be the big boss. That's all coming out. Includes uh, four featurettes on the making of the film. The documentary Life After Flash, which basically what happened to Sam Jones after Flash Gordon is being released as well. And new to Blu-ray, Criterion has given us I Want to Hold Your Hand, which is Robert Zemeckis' first film. There's a brand new 4K restoration, Matt, of that one, approved by the director and co-writer. New conversation with Zemeckis, and then co-writer there being Bob Gale and executive producer Steven Spielberg. New interviews with uh, Nancy Allen and Mark McClure. A ported-over commentary from 2004 from featuring Zemeckis. Two early short films that he directed, The Lift and Field of Honor. Uh, all that's coming up from Criterion. They're also re- releasing Yapan, a man lives in Mexico City for the remote countryside to prepare for his death. There he finds lodging with an old Indian widow in her rickety home overlooking a desolate canyon. and the vastness of a wild, breathtaking nature, he confronts the old woman's infinite humanity and oscillates between cruelty and lyricism. His dulled senses return to him, reawakening his desires and instincts. New 2K restoration of the film, supervised by the director Carlos Regatas. New conversation between Regatas and filmmaker Amad Escalante. A short video diary about the actor Alejandro Ferretis during made during the film's production and a bunch of other stuff. There's a 30th anniversary release of Pet Cemetery, the original film with Fred Ward. Is a 4K release coming out along with it and features audio commentary by the director and three new featurettes. Kino Lorber, Matt, is releasing, I think, my favorite Clint Eastwood Spaghetti Western, which is for a few dollars more. It's a 4K restoration with new audio commentary by film historian Tim Lucas and a bunch of new features. So if you're a fan of your few dollars more, uh, this may be worth the upgrade. But I think the other big release this week, Matt, is Shout Factory is releasing the box set of the Street Fighter films. Includes the 2K remaster of the original film, as well as the uncut version. Brand new 2K remaster of Return of the Street Fighter and the Street Fighter's Last Revenge as well. And includes the uncut versions in each one. Plus a new interview with Sonny Chiba. And new interview with filmmaker Jack Shoulder. But I saw the Street Fighter as part of our martial arts marathon. And you're supposed to plan a sequel for us at some time, Matt. But um, I rather enjoyed Street Fighter. And I think Lady Street Fighter or Sister Street Fighter. Right, that came out, I think, from them just uh, about two, three weeks ago. Yeah. Our good friends at Vinegar Syndrome, located in Connecticut, are releasing a pack of new extras. The Suckling, which is based on a woman who goes to back alley abortion clinic, only to have her aborted fetus attack her, her boyfriend, and everyone else at the clinic. It's a brand new 2K restoration from the original 16mm camera negative. Flesh Pot on 42nd Street. I couldn't find a write-up of that one, but I pretty good idea what that's about. New 4K restoration on that one as well. Includes an audio commentary and two different viewing options. You can choose your um, framing size. Dominique, a millionaire who has recently lost his wife, starts believing he's being haunted by her spirit. New 2K restoration of that 35mm negative. And then uh, in the cold of the night, Scott is a fashion photographer concerned about the sudden appearance of nightmares in his nightly dreams. In these, he seems to be involved in the murder of a beautiful young woman, but then he meets her in reality. Includes a brand new 4K restoration from the original 35mm camera negative on that, and includes the NC-17 version of the film, which makes me think, man, it's a little dirty. 
And then Brighton Beach Memoirs, Sheena, Multiplicity, Warning, starring uh, Sam Waterston and Yafat Koto, excuse me, Warning Sign, The Squeeze, the Michael Keaton con film, which is not terribly good, and then White Knights, all being released on Blu-ray for the first time, and then a personal favorite of mine, starring William Shatner himself, Kingdom of the Spiders, is being released on Blu-ray, scared the willies out of me as a kid, Matt, and it's probably why I'm still scared of spiders to this day. Wow. How that film ends, I don't want to spoil it for people. That thing freaked me out. But I probably watched it when I was like six or seven. So, mm. Straight to DVD pick of the week, the rest of the Nemesis series. So about a month ago, we announced that Nemesis was being released, and uh, which is directed by, I think also written by Albert Pune, who did the great, great Captain America movie, the original one where the Red Skull was Italian. Anyway, you can get a box set of Nemesis 2, 3, and 4. Nebula, Time Lapse, and Cry of Angels all have been remastered and dropped with some new special features. So if you're a fan of the Nemesis series, now you can get the entire set of them. So, great. What should awesome. we be streaming this week, Matt? Um, so in honor of our esteemed um, Oscar winner that we both enjoyed immensely here on the show, I'm going to recommend uh, the film that um, introduced an entire generation of people to Queen, including, I think, the two esteemed co-hosts of the show. Um, Wayne's World is available on Amazon Prime. Um, based off of a Saturday Night Live skit, honestly, I haven't watched it in a really long time, so I'm not sure how well it holds up, but... Uh, Basically, Dana Carvey and Mike Myers play two uh, slackers who live in a basement and have a a cable access uh, TV show, which was, for anybody out there, the precursor to the podcast, like what we're doing right now. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I grew up listening to Queen. My mom was a big fan, but it wasn't until Wayne's World where it finally just all clicked together for me. Mm. I yeah, picked up go. Classic Queen, which today I still don't understand the thought process behind that compilation it makes no sense if you look at the track listing okay and i had i actually had my mom's copy of the queen's greatest hits on cd which for a while was a collector's item because it was out of print domestically oh. in the states for a very long mm. time because they released that version of greatest hits after classic queen was so successful but yeah mm. wayne's world really relaunched all that stuff so good times good times all right all right, so moving on then. It's going to be time for a little captive state. What would you do, Matt, if our alien overlords were here and stripping us of our resources? Well, I'll ask you that when we get back. Not next week, not tomorrow, now. Before it get dark. Come with me. Not again, Rafe. Not again! We just got to take care of ourselves. What did Dad say the day we tried to get out? Regroup, fight back. And he dead now. Watch your mouth. Let the roaches come and take what they want if they want it so bad. And we can start all over, Rafe. We can get back to the way that things used to be. Don't, don't you get it? Harmony, peace, unity. It's all bullshit. It's a lie, Gabe. They, they gonna take everything. In a few years, they'll strip us to nothing. Yeah. One more chance to light a fire big enough so the whole world can see. To prove to everybody out there that the roaches can be beat. Light a match. Ignite a war. And hopefully not fall asleep. So Matt, this is Captive State. We have a bunch of alien invaders, and they're here now. 
And mm. as they said, Matt, they're stripping us for our resources, right? So there's people that are working together for some financial angle for them and potentially being able to be taken off world once the earth has been decimated. And mm. there's a group of people who are trying basically to fight back. So, Matt, for how what would you do? Would you think, would you fight back or would you buy in? I think I'd buy in. Yeah, I think I'm a coward, so I would probably buy in. <laughs> so here's a film that, that I think is hampered by its budget and yeah. subsequently a lack of aliens. Right. I think, I don't know if the money was all spent on uh, getting John Goodman and Vera Farmiga, maybe. Maybe. And Kevin Dunnish. I, I don't know. It's just, it's a story also that's not very well told, which is a disappointment for me because... Rise of the Planet of the Apes is a great little film. Yeah. I would remember walking out of that thing thinking, oh my God, I actually like Planet of the Apes. But the problem, the issue is there's no, there's no like, it's just, it's kind of very muddled, right? Yeah. And it, it just kind of plods along from scene to scene. Mm-hmm. And every now and then John Goodman pops up. <laughs> and it's just, and there's a couple plot lines that kind of just you know where they're gonna go and it's so it's not as interesting or thrilling when the when the turn finally comes and it's just too preposterous and unfortunately it doesn't lean into the insanity enough for me it's just i don't know what do you what are your thoughts am i wrong uh no not really i mean it's um it's just kind of an adequately well barely adequately executed film um i think you're right it is hampered by a lack of budget um but i mean it's also just hampered from a lack of imagination i mean i'm a i'm the bigger genre nerd of the two of us and um this is a story you can find told in any half a dozen just as well or maybe better ways um you know the kind of defeated human population being you know um exploited by a technologically superior race i mean it's it's an allegory and it's a thin one but um you know it's it's something you can see all the time hell i used to watch uh the colony on usa like a couple of years that just ended like a year or two ago that was basically this premise um you know for um you know the same thing so I don't know. It didn't. It wasn't anything new to me. Um, I was kind of hoping that I'd be pleasantly surprised by it. I was hoping I'd get something like um, that. Uh, Goodman would elevate this the way he did uh, the uh, um, Cloverfield Lane kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we really didn't have any of that. This is not like a gem that we that kind of flew under the radar. No, it's 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 just fairly devoid of any thrills. And you're right. It's it's redundant and it's reductive. It's not. <sighs> I started off thinking too that I mean I think it starts off reasonably well when they're trying to escape the city, right? But then it's all kind of downhill from there. And I was thinking, man, like, see, why can't I just get a sequel to They Live? Right? Like, like everybody accepts the fact that the aliens are now here and they're right. working us for the resources, you yeah. know? And and you just and you just fo- either either lean in on the crazy. Or maybe go more with the politics of greed angle as well, and kind of maybe mash mm-hmm. them together a little more competently. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This could have been a little leaner and a little meaner. I think we could have had something here. Yeah. But it's just, yeah. I think it's exactly what you said. It's it's something we've seen a few times over, and it doesn't really bring anything new to that. The design and interest you know, of the aliens I thought was interesting, but we didn't get enough of them. Mm-hmm. 
it's in so it, it's they're they're cut off at their knees because there's really you never really feel the threat of that so it's it's just a big miss left and right it's disappointing goodman does a, a good enough job and him and farmiga who i well vera farmiga is, is just she's there to serve a plot twist that's the only reason she exists basically in this film i know because even in the end when there's the big reveal of what she's been doing right i still don't know how I feel like if you took her out of that, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have changed John Goodman's character arc. Am I wrong about that? Uh, I uh, maybe maybe. I don't know. I just it seems mostly wasted to me. Much like the film itself, unfortunately. <laughs> Goodman and Farmiga make it okay. There are some, as I said, the aliens are interesting. There's just not enough of them. I don't know, man. I gave this thing a C minus. I think maybe I'm feeling too generous, but that's where I landed. <laughs> Um, that's actually where I landed too. Um, I mean, I, I think, I think that's right. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's re- approaching D territory where it's just like so bad. It's just, it's just it's not no, offensive. Yeah, no, it's not. It's just kind of like, you know, okay. You tried guy. Um, I can see what you were trying to do. You just didn't do it very well. I don't understand it. It's just, weird. well, I guess, you know, as far as it has gone, I mean, we're, pushing towards the end of the first quarter here we're starting to get our first uh our big summer movies are already starting to come out so you know what this is like what this is like at the beginning of the show we would have had seen like four of these already you know so that's that's something right that's true i mean we already would have had a daybreakers and a battle of los angeles and everything else kind of wrapped into this you know so it's snowman snowman we haven't <sighs> seen anything as bad as a snowman yet that's very true one of the few times I almost walked out of a theater. I was so upset. <laughs> God, that thing's bad. If you had a chance to see Captive State, shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. I guess. I don't know if I even want to ask you to put any effort into it. No, yeah, let's, let's you know what? You guys can skip it. We know what you think. You think how we think. That's right. All right. So, next up, here's the thing we're going to do the list. It's going to be Kurt Russell's five best performances, films, however you want to shake it out. That's fine with me. And I am fairly confident, Matt, now as I go through this, that our lists are going to be pretty uniform. Yeah, I think that there may be a difference in order. There may be one on here that I'm thinking you may not have on your list. But otherwise, yeah, I think it's going to be at least four for five. So we'll have to make it. I don't know. I'll think of something. I don't know what that's going to be. Anyway, here's one that didn't make the cut for me, Matt, but it's a fun, nasty little thriller with uh, Kurt, uh, Madeline Stowe, and my buddy uh, Ray Liotta. You know how I feel? Watch a man come into my own home, attack my own wife, and I can't do anything about it? I'm never going to be in that position again. Oh, Michael. Hey. You remember Officer Davis? Yeah. Oh, yeah, how you doing? I didn't recognize you. You had a uniform. Hey, I'm going to make sure that your block's patrolled all night long. Would you like to go get a cup of coffee? You're safe with me. I'm a cop, remember? What's going on? What the hell are you talking about? You and Pete. He wants you. He thinks you want him? We're staying away from this guy. You got it? <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. How do I get a cop off my back? Here it is. 5,000. You walk away and don't mess with my bribe, Mikey. Mikey. Call whatever you want, Pete. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Michael. He's losing it. This guy's a decorated officer you're accusing. I don't care how many medals he has. I want this taken care of. So, Matt, I started watching The Thing again 
last week. I think right. I watch that thing like three times a year. Uh, not to telegraph my own thing. Way to go, Chris. Either way, though, um, that is unlawful entry. Where okay. um, he, uh, have you ever seen unlawful entry, Matt? I don't think I have. No, I was not uh, not following along with that one. So he plays uh, uh, Michael Carr. It's a psychological thriller where his wife gets attacked. So he kind of um, gets. Uh, well, anyway. The cop who comes in and you know talks to him and all becomes obsessed with Madeline Stowe. It's played by Ray Liotta, and it's one of those kind of stalker things. But there's, I think, a moment in that that's almost replicated in that new movie with Dennis Quaid. At least I saw it in the trailer. If you watch two trailers, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Mm. So, Matt, I'll go first to give you the ultimate number one, mm. which is, though I think we probably the same number one, so I'm stealing it. Yes, I think you're right. I think you're probably right. So anyway, my number uh, five is White Earp and Tombstone. Okay. I loved this film growing up. came out in 1993, supposedly directed by George Cosmatos, but the rumor is he was unable to perform his duties and was fired pretty early on, and Kurt Russell basically directed the film. All right. And of the two White Earp films that came out that year, this one and what was the one with um, with um, Kevin Costner? Earp. There you go. I think this is the superior film. Mm-hmm. It's much more fun. It's very it pulpy. is a lot of fun. Yeah, it uh, is. It's a it's just a fun little western. Val Kilmer, uh, I'll make you famous, right? I mean, he yeah. has some very iconic lines in this thing. It's, I I think probably Kilmer's more famous for this film than yeah. uh, Russell is. But that scene on the train station when he says, "You know, tell him hell's coming with me." Yeah, I mean, it is just an all that's an all timer for me. And uh, he just totally nails that role. So Tombstone, that's another one I watched. Like I had that on VHS and DVD. And I think, I, do I have it on Blue right now? I don't know if I do, actually. I have to look into that. But I loved Tombstone, so it's my number five. Yeah, I didn't put Tombstone on it. I really enjoy Tombstone a lot. But I think I, the only reason I didn't put it on there is because I think the real reason I love Tombstone is because of Val Kilmer. I mean, that's the he's fantastic. He's so much fun in that film. Um, whereas... It's like one of those things like uh, when Doc Holliday is not on the screen, it's like you sit around saying, where's Doc Holliday? That's that's what it is. It's a very poochy thing. I, I um, don't agree with that at all. I think I think Kilmer's great in it, but I think Kurt Russell's just as good. And you got Sam Elliott and Bill Paxton, Powers Booth, Michael Bean, Heston's even in this thing. So uh, it's it's a great one. I forgot Chess Charles says it's on that. Uh, anyway. All right. So my number five is um, – john ruth and the hateful eight um this is quentin tarantino's uh kind of homage to westerns and the thing and it's kind of an amalgamation of everything where he just kind of plays uh this bounty hunter who's bringing back his charge and he gets trapped in a you know in a um, snowstorm in a in a hotel or hotel tavern with a bunch of other ruffians um this is kind of russell at its most um kind of like uh unhinged like he's gonna go off at any particular second you just never know what's gonna set him off um just like when he destroyed an actual you know three hundred thousand dollar martin guitar um so um yeah it's a it's a good it's a good performance i enjoyed it i love that too because in that scene um uh what's her name why am i blanking on her name jennifer jason lee yeah she that her reaction is legit yeah and yeah moment. it is yeah so uh yeah that was man I honestly sat on that as my five for a while. 
yeah. and I actually just watched that again too. I watched Did that you? last week um, in okay. in parts. I watched one of it, half of it one day and the other half like the next day, and I really really like the Hateful Eight. But for me, that film is Sam Jackson through and through. Mm. I mean, Russell's great in it, but I don't. When I think of that movie, I think of Sam Jackson in that thing. And Goggins, Walter Goggins too. Mm. My number four then is Kurt Russell as Stuntman Mike mm. in Death Proof. Okay. Uh, just another another Tarantino film. We're talking about Lean and Mean. Uh, that thing is fantastic. And really, though, only fantastic because it's elevated by Russell's performance. Mm-hmm. And particularly at the end when he gets what he sh- he gets his just deserves. Mm-hmm. Is, it's, it's just... I don't want to say the word revelation, but it is. When he has his character takes that turn, man, it is awesome. And it it is, I don't know. I just love him in Death Proof. He is one of the more charming serial killers you will ever see in that thing. All right. right. Uh, My number four is um, Snake Plissken um, from Escape from New York and Escape from L.A., um, this is kind of a caricature of a character, but it's kind of one that Russell's always going to be remembered for. Um, you know, the eye patch and the vest and, you know, just the kind of ridiculousness of Carpenter's world. Um, and he just kind of really just his gravelly voice, you know, stoic gravitas just really sells the whole thing for me. So he's a lot of fun in that film. Yeah. Those it's my films. number three. Oh, I it's your number three. Entirely. Okay. It, it, yeah. It is an iconic role. And aren't they still talking about making one more at some point? Hmm. I don't know, but I think he just turned 68. So that was what the big birthday is. And he does have a role in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, but that has not been revealed as to what it is. Okay. But uh, yeah, still, I really enjoyed him as Snake Plissken as well. Do not see Escape from L.A. Just just don't do it. What, the, the surfing of a tsunami down the... the come on, man. <laughs> but Escape from New York is an all-time classic science fiction film, I think. And it's yeah. it's it's a, it's a lot of fun, and you also get uh, your boy. Um, man, I'm blanking tonight. What is wrong with me? Uh, the ugly or the bad? I should say the bad. Drawing a blank now too. Oh boy. That's how you know. I'm gonna see it. and I'm gonna kick myself as soon as I do. Lee Van Cleef. Mmm. Right. Come on, he was Master Ninja. How could I forget that? <laughs> so, if you haven't seen those two Master Ninja MST3K episodes, get those immediately. Either way, Escape from New York, number three, Snake Plissken. Can't go wrong. What do you got? All right, my number three is uh, Jack Burton in Big Trouble in Little China. Um, he is, uh, as well as, as much as that film doesn't really hold up is in certain aspects... What? Well, in the sense that it's a little, the kind of casual racism of it is maybe not something that kind of washes as well. It's very 80s in that sense, but um, it's still a lot of fun. Um, and, and, you know, he uh, shows some of his slapstick, uh, you know, comedy chops in this and uh, just kind of that larger than life kind of chest puffed out, you know, um, dudes. A lot of fun. See, you're going to steal them all for me. Jack Burton's my number two. Uh, it's, it's, it's it's very reminiscent of for me of um, it's like him and Ash would be good drinking buddies, mm. but it is uh, probably out of all of his roles, it's the most fun for me. Sure, 
and maybe it's not as great good a film as some of the other Carpenter films he did, but it's a blast. And I think it, for the most part, still holds up. I'm, I've always been a big fan of uh, Big Trouble and Little China. So yeah, yeah, Jack Burton is an all timer for me. That's another great one. Number two. All right, so my number two um, is high, much higher up in the list than it was for Chris. Is Stuntman Mike and Death Proof? I really have a real affection for Death Proof, and I don't know why this is. I think because I went through this brief period where I was really into watching um, car chase films, so I was like watching Bullet and all this kind of stuff and Vanishing Point. Um, and then this one just kind of came along at the same time. I know people really loved. I remember when this came out, when Grindhouse came out. Everybody's like, "Oh, Planet Terror is so much better," and I, I always, I always appreciated Death Proof more. Um, and it's one I still, I still watch. I think it's an underappreciated gem from, uh, from Tarantino. And um, I think uh, uh, Russell is very, very creepy in it. He's very effective. Yeah, I gotta catch up with that one some point too. Man, I got a lot of stuff to see. I gotta stop rewatching all these films for the fourth, fifth, sixth time. And maybe watch another film for like the second time. <laughs> maybe the first, but yes. All right, Matt. So go ahead. What's his best role? Okay. Well, his best role is uh, McCready in The Thing. Um, just kind of a, a man just trying to keep it together um, while being faced with impossible odds and just, you know, takes no guff and he's the defender of the universe. He's he's the man. McCready is the best. He is. He is, of course, the helicopter pilot there stationed at the uh arctic is it the arctic they're in the arctic right not the antarctic they're in the arctic uh i think they're in the antarctic in this version in the in the 50s film they were in the north pole but now they're in the south pole oh yeah you're right they're in antarctica thank you yeah uh just (laughs) he's the only guy that really seems to be able to keep his head straight as everything is falling apart around them and it is just an all-time it's it's i think i go back and forth map between this and The Shining being the greatest horror films. Uh, at least my favorite, I should say. My favorite horror movies. Mm. And I would probably say the, sh- the Thing is probably, if I had to make a choice, I would probably go with The Thing. Because it's just what Carpenter is able to do with this thing uh, is just fascinating. And it is it is endlessly entertaining. It is so rewatchable. It works. I don't know. I, I watch it like three times a year. And each right. time, it's still, it's still great. So... And his R.J. McCready is great. Him and those crazy Swedes. And uh, I don't know. I just absolutely love him in the thing. The way that film ends. Yeah. I mean, it's... And people are still talking about it. There was... We argued... We did a segment on the show where we argued about the ending of the thing for a good five, ten minutes, like a couple of nerds. Yeah. On a, like, 30-year-old film. That's right. Any honorable mentions for you? Uh, No, I didn't really have any. I was kind of going through a lot of his career, and I was actually surprised about how much of it I missed or like flew under the radar kind of thing you know yeah yeah i know there's some earlier stuff i i'm not as familiar with like i've never seen silkwood i haven't seen the mean season used cars he's supposed to be really good in which i'd like to catch up with at some point i haven't seen overboard i haven't seen tequila sunrise i don't think i've ever seen from start to finish tango and cash no I, i've seen like, i've seen bits of it here and then i've never seen backdraft really yeah all right never saw captain ron Stargate's okay. Yeah. Breakdown, I remember being pretty good. Soldier wasn't bad. I didn't see 3,000 Miles to Graceland. Dark Blue, I liked him in that too. So, uh, yeah. There you go. Oh, yeah. Furious 7. Oh, God. That wasn't any good. That Bone Tomahawk. That was, uh, that's a merciless film too. That's S. Craig Zoller, who also did, what is it, Riot and Cell Block something or other with Vince Vaughn. 
Yeah. And then I enjoyed him as Ego in Guardians 2, right? That was pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty fun. So, good times. Good what are your time. favorite Kurt Russell movies? Shoot us an email at feedback at thefirstrun.com. We'd love to hear all about it. That's your definitive list. So, the only differences we had is you didn't have Tombstone. No. You had The Hateful Eight. Connor, Hateful Eight, yeah. And I put Stuntman Mac way higher. All right. Well, you know what? If pressed, like I said, I could go with the hateful eight there. Yeah. So then our five would be exactly the same outside <laughs> of the order of one of them. As soon as I started putting together the the show notes for this one, Matt, yeah, I was like, like, you know what? Our lists are going to be almost identical. <laughs> this was not a good idea. Yeah. But at least you know if you haven't seen any of those films, you know which ones to see. And if you haven't seen any of those films, then get on it, man. What are you waiting? Yeah, for? seriously, we've been talking about the thing for however many years. Yeah. Seriously. Coming up next week. It is going to be a big one, Matt. Jordan Peele's sophomore effort, Us, is now out in theaters. We will be discussing that. Second film, TBD. I keep pushing Matt to see First Reformed, which is currently on on Amazon. We'll see if that ends up coming to fruition. Mm -hmm. But I have been looking forward to Us for quite a while now, Matt. So we'll be talking about that. Check us out on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Just do a search for the first run. Scroll, scroll, scroll. Eventually, you will find us. Also, go over to Apple Podcasts and give us a review. It's the best way for other people to find the show. And uh, I will, of course, read that review on the air. Uh, Coming up shortly, I'll be doing a wrap-up of the Gasparilla International Film Festival. I just participated in that, and I rather enjoyed myself. A lot of great stuff this year. A... A big improvement, I would say, over last year. Last year was good, though. It was good, but this year was much better. The slate of films they had uh, were universally all pretty damn good. So they did a great job this year. I was very happy to be able to check that out. So you'll hear my thoughts on that uh, later this week. And that's it, Matt, I guess. So why don't we go ahead and take a little extended break, and we will see you all soon.